Bobby, I am Bobby Nick Jr. I do have a senior. I've known him 43 years. <laughs> known a mom 43 years. Been a citizen of the earth 43 years. Been married 24 years. I know I, I got, it was a prearranged. I was five years old when they arranged it. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be celebrating my 30th birthday pretty soon. I'm 43 years old, and uh, we were talking last night about how uh, somebody said that they didn't, it doesn't seem like that, that me and Vicky are that old. Of course, I don't look at 43 old, I mean, <laughs> compared to a tree, especially. Uh, but uh, I got a lot of living to do, and I think you do too. You got a lot of living to do. Uh, how many of you guys want to stay on the earth for a little bit longer? Uh, we, uh, we have been uh, studying this book by Larry Stockstill, Model Man, and one of the things that he says in this book is that there are about 5 billion people on this earth that approximately 5 billion people that don't know Jesus Christ. That's a lot of folks, right? But I believe that uh, those 5 billion people will, will meet him and get to know him. They will at least be introduced to him, and you and I will be part of that. Uh, Jesus said before he left this earth, when he, when he died and was buried and raised from the dead, and he came back to earth for just a little while and talked to his disciples, but before he left, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go, to the, go into the world, the whole world. Now, who was he talking to? Was he talking to Pastor Marvin? Was he talking to me? Was he talking to just me and Pastor Marvin? No. No, he was talking to each and every one of us, right? right? So you can reach the world if you want to. You can reach the world if you want to. Jesus did it with 11 disciples, and uh, we can do that too. And I hope that today that we learn some stuff that will just get us further on that journey. You guys all know that we're on a journey, right? And the journey that we are on is to be model men. Now, women, you are still men, right? God doesn't look at us any differently. Y'all know that. You know, God's not a man. Y'all know that. He's not a woman. He's not a man. He's God. He understands man. He understands woman equally. And he said that we're all even in Christ Jesus. And we all can do great, great, wonderful, wonderful things. And the thing that God wants us to do is to be model men, model people so that we model it before the world. And the, the, the thing that we're going to talk about that we're kind of focusing on this morning is consistency. Consistency. God wants us to be consistent. Um, Pastor Marvin made mention that I've been here, we've been here with him 19 years. Uh, I don't hit and miss. Um, you can pretty much set your clock and bet all your money. If, you know, if the church doors are open Sunday morning, I'll be, I'll be right there for a while singing and playing. And I'll be right there sitting listening or I'll be right here speaking and that's a great thing to be able to say we should all be able to say that we are consistent people because that's the model that people need uh, all the fear that's going on right now uh, we need people that's going to be consistent and steady that somebody's going to and you know guys I, I really truly believe that very soon that's what's going to happen people are going to be hungry to find someone that is a rock that is consistent that is a model person that they can look to. So if you guys are ready, we'll, we'll pray and we'll get into this. You guys ready? Let's just prepare our hearts, prepare our minds. Uh, Pastor Marvin said just a moment ago that it's, it's faith 
It's faith that's so, so very important for us to have that we believe God. And he said that we have to hear, we have to hear his word. But you know, another thing we have to do when we hear his word is we have to accept his word as truth. We can hear his word, hear his word. And if we say, mm, I don't believe that, mm, I don't believe that, mm, I don't believe that, then it's not going to do us any good. So this morning when we hear the word, let's not dismiss it just because it's different. If it goes against what we've been thinking, let's not just immediately dismiss it, but let's think about it a minute. And let's, let's look at how it parallels with the Word of God, okay? Don't just take it because I say it. Take, take it, go to your Bible, look at what the Bible says, compare it what, to what I'm saying this morning, and see if it's not true, and see if God's not going to speak something to you. Can, will you all do that for me? Well, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you so much that we get to hear your Word. So glad that I get to speak your Word this morning, that we get to teach and learn and understand that we don't have to be without knowledge, that we don't have to be without a... A direction, and that we can be consistent model men, model people. And we're just so grateful for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, you guys, let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 7 through 9, and I think they'll have it up on the screen. And it says, verse 7, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. For, but with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you, not because we didn't have the right to this, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you so that you would follow our example. So we see here that this scripture, Paul, the apostle, wrote this, and he's telling the church. He's telling the church at Thessalonian, Thessalonia. You guys do realize this is a man writing a letter to a church, right? This is not just something that God said, hey, you know what, it'd be a good idea to write a book. It wasn't that. This is a, this is a man that lived, it lived and died for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he's writing a letter to this church, and he's telling them this. So we want to be that model, as he said. We want to be a model. We want to be an example. So let's go ahead and go to our first point, uh, if you will. The first point this morning is the pace of grace. Now, in our, in our book, Model Man, that Pastor Larry Stockstill wrote, he wrote in here that he talked about, of course, the word grace, it just covers so much. You, if you read the Bible, you will find grace all over it. But the thing that I immediately think when I think grace is I think an ability or a talent. You know, guys, that God has given us abilities and talents. He's given me the ability, God gave me the ability to sing. It took me a long time to, to realize that, um, that, I could, that I could sing. But I have a gift to sing, and that's a gift that God's given to me. And each and every one of us has an ability. It might not be singing, but you have some gift, some ability, ability that God wants you to use on this earth. And we, we see here that there's a pace to this grace. And like I was saying, Larry Stockstill, uh, Pastor Stockstill, talks about that our Christian walk, our Christian purpose, what God has for us, is like a race. And as a matter of fact, Paul even writes how that it's like a race. And I'll, I'll read that to you in just a second. But, but the pastor here that wrote the book says that he has seen people that would, would want to get into this pace of grace and do what God wanted them to do. And they would just take off, just wild, not really knowing, and just as if it was a sprint. But Larry Stockstill says that our Christian walk is not a sprint, but it's a marathon. 
It's going to take a long time. You guys ever seen a marathon? I mean, it can take hours. These people can be running for hours and hours, just forever. And that's what our Christian walk is really like. It's like a marathon race. And God wants us to find the right pace to do that. You guys know what will happen if somebody in a marathon just takes off a dead sprint? All right, you, you try to run 13 miles a dead sprint. You'll, nobody can do that. Nobody. N- only Jesus can do that. Because he's the greatest, right? He's the greatest, and he can do it. But we cannot do it. We can't sprint 13 miles. Anybody that takes off, they're going to get tired in a little bit, and they're going to stop. And, and they may even have to stop and rest. But our Christian walk is like a marathon. Now, at this point, I want to say something. Because I'm a singer, because I'm a musician, I like to look at it as a song. You, you guys that are going to help me, y'all, you guys go ahead and make your way up here for just a second. But I like to look at our race uh, that Paul talks about and, and Larry Stock, Stock still talks about. It's more like a song. You know, guys, when we get up here and Jacob's over there in the, in the drum cage, he's, he's, he's playing the drums, right? And he's setting a tempo for us. Y'all understand? And if he doesn't set the tempo just right, it could be a train wreck, right? Drums are extremely important to singing a song. So what we're going to do is we're going to just kind of sing a little bit of a couple of songs, and then we're going to talk about this tempo. Would that be all right with you guys? Are, are you guys ready? Yeah. What do you do? Any uh, Jefferson Starship fans? Rock, the eight, 80s rock. Woo! Don't ask why we picked that song. It's just, it's fun. It's fun. It's, is it fun? It's fun, right? You guys wish you could sing that with us, right? Let them sing it with us. Okay, we're, we're going we're gonna, to, we got a second little piece of song, and it's going to be a little bit different tempo. Okay, you guys ready? Yep. Let me get in my head. Say, Geronimo. Say, Geronimo. Say, Geronimo. Can you feel my love bombs away? <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Now, that was... That was fun. That was really fun for us. We did enjoy that very much. But, uh, of, course I, of course, we did that to get your guys' attention and to just make, some, make this memorable. We, of course, anytime we come up here, we want to make it memorable for you guys. But the thing I just wanted to show you was that there is a, there is a certain tempo to life. And really, there's a tempo to everything that we do. Uh, our jobs, our families... Everything that we do, there's a pace of grace that God wants us working at. And God doesn't want us stressing over any of it. He wants us to stay at a steady pace. He doesn't want us killing ourselves, trying to get stuff done overnight. That's just not the way it is. And you might say, well, how do I know what that pace is? How how, how am I supposed to know that? Well, you you just talk to God about that. Just talk to God about it, and he will, he'll show you what, that, what your pace is. Um, my, little, my little notebook got a little bit 
messed up here. Let me get back over to my point. Got out of pace. We, our singing wasn't that good, I guess. The iPad did not like it. But this race that we're running is like a song, and, if, and there's a certain tempo. And you know, you know that, that when we got ready to do this, well, of course we practiced it a little bit. And we had to come up here and kind of, okay, make sure we're in the right key, make sure everything was, uh, you know, just right, because we could all started singing in different keys or whatever. And we had to be a little bit kind of just practicing it a little bit and walk it out and just see how we were going to do it. So, um, and that's the, way we, that's the way we have to do it live. When, when we think, well, what's the pace that God wants me to be walking at? Well, well just walk it out. Just, just practice it. Just look at what you've got to do and just go at what you know to do. And you'll be amazed if you'll say, God, just help me. Just help me, help me do what I'm supposed to do. Help me be at the pace. And if you'll just start taking steps, you'll be amazed at how he'll begin to just lead you. Well, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. And i got a couple of verses. Excuse me for hitting my mic there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The writer says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And like I was saying, God will, God will show you what your pace is. You see here how it says that, that with just an endurance, we're supposed to run this race. God doesn't expect us to just jump out there and, and just conquer the world in a day's time. He just doesn't. Now, if you go back and look at these verses... Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, you'll see a couple of things. That it tells us to look at other people, consider other people, and it tells us to consider Jesus. I don't think it said it in this, in this uh, version here, but if you'll look at, a different, at different versions, it'll say things like, consider him. Consider him. And, and to watch others, look at others. Uh, you can go ahead and put the second point up there, Candice, if you want to. Um, but notice, guys, that it doesn't say imitate them. It doesn't say imitate others because we all have a different pace, right? We don't all live the same life. We're not all doing the same things. We've not all been called to do the same things. So just consider them. You know, I remember when I was a kid, my dad, oh my gosh, my dad would have me and my brother out in the yard, get sticks. He's going, he's going to mow the yard, and he would have us out there picking up sticks. And I just absolutely hate that. I just hated it. I mean, to this day, I can remember just hating now, I was, my personality, the way I was, I was just bent to, when my parents said do something, I just did it. I usually didn't complain very much. I usually didn't say much. But man, inside, I was just a complaining. You know, I just did not, oh, I just did not like it. But I began to realize as I got older why he's doing that. You know, if you don't pick the sticks up and pick the trash up, you're going to have a mess. You're going to possibly mess your mower up. You're going to dull the blades faster. Then it's not going to be as good. So that's why he was doing that. And so now I understand that. Now, now that I'm a grown man, do I, do I mow my yard? Yes, I mow my yard. Do I do it just like my dad did it? No. But do I go pick the sticks up? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. I do. Now, occasionally I'll hit one. Occasionally I'll hit one just because it got away from me or whatever. I didn't see it. But he was just trying to teach me. And so that's the way our, that's the way our walk is, is just begin to walk it out and consider what other people are. Consider other people. Look at other people. Not to imitate them, 
but to just see what they're doing. Just walk it out. You know, we meet here every week. We meet here every Sunday, and we do it consistently, and we start at the same time every week. But you know what? We're not going to win the whole world in that one week, in one weekend service. We're just not going to do it. But do, do we let that discourage us or like, well, we, can't, we must not be doing something right? No, we just keep at it week after week because we want to be an example to others, consistent for others. People can, knowing that they can come here and love, people will love on them, God will love on them. You guys understand what I'm saying? Well, let's, let's, let's go ahead and go to our second point this morning. Uh, I think I'll skip. I think I might have skipped one verse, guys, but we'll just go ahead and go to our second point. Second point, power over yourselves or discipline. Uh, I can't remember if Larry Stockstill said necessarily discipline. I think that's something I kind of put in there. But one of the things that we're going to have to do if we're going to be a consistent model person is we're going to have to have power over ourselves. And the whole time that I was studying for, for doing this, speaking to you guys, uh, I've known for a few weeks that I was going to speak. Um, something just kept coming back to me uh, about having power over ourselves. It's just absolutely true that we have power over ourselves. Okay? We can do whatever we want to do. And I've been, I hear people say things like, the devil's doing this and Satan's doing this. You know, really... It kind of bothers me when I hear that. Because is the, is the devil, is he doing stuff? Yeah, he's doing stuff. But, I mean, what is it really amounting to? Most of the time when I see that people are having problems in their life, 99.99% of the time, it's because of them. They're bringing their own problems on themselves. You guys got to realize that when Jesus died on the cross, he absolutely, not sort of, not a little. He absolutely defeated Satan. I mean, he is absolutely defeated. The Bible talks about things, and I, I don't know the exact verses. I could probably find it if I wanted to. But the Bible, if you study it out, it references that sometimes when people, when, a, when, a, when two nations would fight and one would capture the other king or capture maybe the, the captain of the army, they would cut off their thumbs and they would cut off their toes, their big toes and their thumbs on each hand and both feet. And why? Because then they couldn't grab a sword and they couldn't run very well. And that's really, I think the Bible even says that a little bit about what Jesus did to Satan. He has absolutely handicapped the devil. The only thing that the devil can do to you is lie to you and hope that you're ignorant enough to believe it. Amen. Deception. That's all he's got. He doesn't have the ability to whop you over the head with something if he wants to. He doesn't. He doesn't. Now, I know that, I know that Satan will possess people. Demons will possess people. But you'll know that. You'll know that real quick. You get around a demon-possessed person, you'll know real quick. And Jesus just did, he just would do one thing when he met a demon-possessed person. He would say, shut up. And get out. And that's what we need to do. And stop blaming the devil for so much stuff. And start looking at ourselves. Because we have power over ourselves. Not Satan. Not even God has power over us. Because he's given us power. He's put us on this earth to do as we will. And we can go to hell if we want to. He will let us. But we're not going to do that. 
And we're going to not let a lot of other people do that either. We're going to take people with us. Just something I wanted to kind of get off my chest there. I hope you guys don't mind if I vent this morning. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 23 to 25. And, and uh, it says, and, and he said to all, Jesus is talking here. He says, if any person wills to come after me. Is anybody here want to follow Jesus? Yes. I do. Yes. And I want to take lots of people with me. I want lots of people to follow me as I follow him. Let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Refuse and give up himself. Take up his cross daily. Follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, Jesus says. Conform wholly to my example in living and, if need be, in dying also. For whoever would preserve his life and save it, or try to save it, will lose it and destroy it. But whoever loses his life for my sake... He will preserve it and save it from the penalty of eternal death. For what, does a man, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and ruins or forfeits or loses himself? And any time we try to do it our way, you're going to lose. Doesn't matter how good a person you are. Doesn't matter how beautiful you are, how rich you are. If you do it your way, you're going to lose. And we don't want that. I don't think any of us here want that. Now, I want to talk to you guys two different areas I think that, that we should be consistent in. And this is by no means a full list, okay? There are bunches of stuff that we need to be consistent in. But this is two things that I pulled that I just thought are really, really important. And I just want you guys to, uh, to uh, just hear my heart about these things, okay? First one is prayer. We have to be consistent in prayer. Uh, God says in, in his word that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Get that he's saying, when you go pray to God, you are humbling yourself. Because what you're doing is you're telling God, I can't do it by myself. I have to talk with you. I have to talk to you. I just have to. Because I want to so much. I see the importance of it so much that I have to spend time with you. I have to talk with you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 in the New King James Version, it says, but you, and this is Jesus telling us about prayer, he said, but, we, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. God wants to get alone with you. I didn't write it. Did anybody's Bible say anything different than that? Does y'all's Bible say God wants to get alone with you? He said, go in your room and shut the door. Notice he didn't say, bring the kids with you, bring, bring mama with you, bring your wife with you, get in there by yourself. Now, do I believe that we should pray together? Most definitely we should have times when we pray together as a family. Pray with your children, pray with your spouse. Pray. Yes, but there are times when you need to get alone with God. Get alone with him and spend time with him. And he says that when you do that, he will reward you. He will reward you. I wonder what rewards. He'll show you how to live your life victoriously, consistently, so you can be an awesome model and example for others. That's what, he'll, that's what he'll reward you with. And people will follow people that pray. We People will follow people who pray. There's just something different. There's just something about a person that will spend time with God. You know, when you spend time with someone, you become more like them. Is that right? Do you think, you're, you think God's going to become more like you or you're going to become more like God? More like God. You're not going to change God. 
You ain't that good. You're not that good looking. God is good looking. He is good looking. Amazing. And the more time you spend with him, you'll become more like him. If you'll be true with yourself and get in there and be quiet with him and talk with him, you'll be more like him. It'll just be an amazing thing. Second point, B, is praise. And I put rejoice here. I think this may be something that maybe we're missing out on. This may be something that we're missing out on. We, we come in here the first thing and we, we sing and we praise and we love God, right? But a lot of times we forget the thing, we forget about rejoicing. You don't hardly ever hear about rejoicing, do you? Has anybody heard anybody speak about rejoicing lately? You'd be amazed if you'd go and look at your Bible at how many times it tell God, God tells us to rejoice. It tells us to rejoice with a loud voice. It tells us to rejoice with singing. It tells us to rejoice just over and over and over. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Now, sometimes you just don't feel like rejoicing. Anybody necessarily feel like rejoicing? Especially like, especially when you read a scripture that God says, rejoice, and again I say rejoice, and rejoice evermore. Rejoice in all the, you know what I'm saying? You're like, God, it's four o'clock in the morning. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't feel like rejoicing. So what I want to do right now let me, let me talk a little bit more about rejoicing. You, you ever thought about the word rejoicing? Rejoice. I don't think Joyce is a word. I think, I, I think some, there's a name, Joyce. I've heard of a, a woman named Joyce. But Joyce comes from the word joy. So when we say that, re-joy, re-joy. What does re mean? Again. again. So joy again. Joy again. Do, let's have joy again. Now... When you guys think about joy, do you think that joy is... Is this joy? Is that joy or is that just happiness? What is joy? I want you guys to stand up with me. Can we rejoice for just a second? Are you guys rejoice? I'm going to turn my mic off for just a minute because I may get a little loud. Because the Bible says that when we rejoice, we're supposed to lift up our voice and we're supposed to sing praises to Him. And we're not rejoicing in ourselves, guys. We're not rejoicing in what's going on in our world. We are rejoicing in our God and praising Him and loving Him. So let's, can we do that? Uh, Holden, you can go ahead and start that music if you want to. I needed that. Now, now what did that do? You guys can have a seat if you want what did that do? What did that do for you guys? It gives you freedom, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but one thing that I think when I start rejoicing is it just seems like everything else just kind of disappears. And God just, I don't know. You get happy and you're just like, man. And so, why do we, so, so why do we have a problem with this? Why do we not rejoice more often? Why do we not, why do, we not do that? I think we're going to start doing that more often. Can we do that, guys? You, 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 you. And look, let's not just do this when we come here. When you, get in your, when you get in your room and you shut the door behind you to, to pray, spend some time rejoicing in his presence. Okay? Will you guys, will you guys do that for me? Yes, sir. Let's, be, let's make sure that we're rejoicing. Uh, 
2 Samuel chapter 6, and I'm just because just for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of just kind of skim through it here a little bit, guys, and just kind of tell you what ha- what's happening. But Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6, David, King David, he's the king of Israel, and he's bringing the ark of God into, into his, where he's at, where his, his town. And the ark of God was, was, was a thing that God had Moses build, and he had like the, the, the Ten Commandments in there, and he had Aaron's rod in there, and he had some things in there, and it represented God's presence. And everywhere this ark went, it blessed whoever's presence it was in. It, they, it, it stayed at one man's house, and it said that God was blessing him. So David said, well, come on, bring it on into to, to the town where, where I'm at. I think it was Jerusalem, I think, that's where he was at. And it said when the ark came into the town that David danced before the Lord, and he rejoiced, and everybody was dancing and just rejoicing. And, and it said that David blessed everybody. But David's wife, one of David's wife, her name was Michael, um, or Michal or Michael, I don't Michael, I don't know how it's pronounced, but it looks like Michael to me in the Bible. But it said she got she got mad, she got upset with him, and she said something to him that was just to me it was kind of funny, especially the the, ver- the version of the Bible I was reading. He, she said uh, uh, she said how glorious the king of Israel looked today. She was being sarcastic, of course. She said he exposed himself to the girls along the street like a common pervert. I just thought that was funny. But his, but his wife got upset with him. And David said, David said this, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and his family and who appointed me as leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I am willing to act like a fool in order to show my joy in the Lord. And the th- a couple of things that I want to show you about this was that he, he rejoiced and danced before God because it represented God's presence in his life. And because of God, who, what, who God called him to be. And every day we should worship God for his presence in our life and because of who he's made us to be. Each and every one of us are valuable, wonderful people. The Bible calls us the body of Christ. And I don't know about you guys, but I would not want to do without not one little bit of my body. I love every part of my body and I want every piece to stay intact. Not even a hair, not even a toenail. I don't want to lose any of it. Every one of us are parts of that body, and we are very important. So every day, when you get into your closet or your room and you shut the door behind you and you get alone with God, make sure that you're talk, spending time talking with Him and you're rejoicing in Him. Can you, will you guys do that for me? Let's look at our third point today. I may have skipped another verse, but that's okay. And I had a really hard time with this third point. It, it's living a life of purpose. There's so much I could have said. Uh, Larry Stockstill in his book was just amazing what he said about it, and he talked about purpose. And basically, what if you boil down what he said is that our purpose is is God and others. That's what our purpose is. Our purpose is not anything else than that. Because when we stand before God one day, we're not going to answer for we didn't make enough money or we made too much or what car we drove or we're not going to answer for any of that. That's silly. That's silly, silly. All that God's going to say is, is, did you serve me and did you love people? That's really what God's going to boil it down to. Because that's all that really matters. That's all that matters. Did you, did you obey my son? Did you accept my son, Jesus? Did you serve me? Did you love people? And that's what God's going to look at. And so, um, really, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to maybe just not necessarily go into all the verses that I had. Um, something that just always kept coming back to me as I, as I studied this material is that God says in his word a lot of times that he directs the steps of the righteous, and he says things like that. And so 
To me, that almost looked like walking. You know, it's like walking. And again, it's, it goes back to that pace. Having that pace, just, you know, God doesn't take, God doesn't expect us to dead sprint. He just expects us to take one step at a time. But there are scriptures that he talks about us running. Now, I enjoy running. I enjoy running. I enjoy walking, but I enjoy running too. Don't get to run as much as I want, but I enjoy it. And what I'd like to say is that in your pace, in your purpose for serving God and loving God, um, just get in that steady pace with him. Spend time with him asking him what he wants you to do. In, in walking out uh, your job, your family, uh, particularly especially your ministry. You know, If you're not involved in ministry, if you're, if you're not involved with the church and you're not in ministry, uh, and what I mean by ministry is like you're serving. Like, you know, we have children's ministry. We have uh, praise and worship ministry. We have kids' ministry. We have ushers, greet, hospitality, all these. If you're not serving somewhere, then get in there. And if it's not this church, if this church is not for you, then find your church and serve. Serve, serve people, and just begin walking out God's pace for your life, and just finding out His ability. Um, when I was eight, when I was uh, eighteen years old, that was when I got born again. And uh, I got born again in the Assembly of God Church, just right down the street here. And it, it was it was my wife's uncle's church. And um, I did not know anything about uh, getting on stage and singing or nothing. I didn't do any of that. I I didn't do that before I was born again. I had no idea. Uh, her parents and her family sang, and they, hey, Bob, won't you come up here and sing with us? And I was like, mm, uh, 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 that's not happening. Well, they, they kept pushing me, and they, they got me up there, and I would sing literally. I'd be, I'd be just like this. I'd, I'd hold my microphone, and I'd sing just like this. And that's how I sung for a long time because I just didn't know that I could sing. I didn't know I could sing. I didn't know, I didn't know to be bold. I didn't know how to do that. But as I just walked as I just walk things out with God, I'd go to church. I'd just read my Bible, pray, just l- slowly learning things. You know, God's not, God's not mad at you if you're going at a slow pace. He's not mad at you. He doesn't mind if you're a little slow. He'll wait on you. And we'll wait on you. If you're a little slow, we'll wait on you. But, but just stay at it steady. That's all he wants is consistency. Be here every week. When the doors are open, be here. Uh, that's why we have the things. That's why we have dream teams. That's why we have small groups. That's why we're doing the serve day here in a, in a few days or, you know, next month. That's why we do those things because we want you have to have opportunities to step into areas and see if you like it, okay? If you don't, you know what? If you get, if you, if you join the dream, if you join the praise and worship dream team and you can't sing, uh, we'll probably find you a different area to go to. <laughs> but the important thing is, is that you, you stepped out and you tried. You tried it. And you know what? If you get into an area and you don't like it, then you just tell us. That, it's that simple. We love you. We love you that we'll let you change your mind. We, we know we're all on that journey. The thing is, we just want you to be consistent in it and start working towards being that model person. Every one of you can, can be an example and an awesome model for other people. There's, there's people watching us all the time. Whether you think they are or not, uh, I, it's funny when I hear these, these professional athletes say, I don't want to be a mentor. I don't want to be, I don't want to be a mentor to young people. I'm like, well, then get off the television. Get off the television then because people are watching you. You're, you'd pretty much have to just be a hermit if you didn't want to be a mentor, if you didn't want people to watch you and, and follow your example because people are watching us. And so let's be the people. Let's look, at that, let's look for that pace of grace that we're supposed to be in power over ourselves, doing what we know that is right, and then living 
purpose, God's purpose, serving him, loving him, serving other people. That's what's important. And one other thing, when you get in your closet or your room and you seek, you're praying and seeking God, then you seek him with everything you've got. I know that there's this, I know that I've talked this morning about just having this steady pace and walking out our ministry and things like that. But I believe that when we get in that closet and get in our room, I think take off. Let's take off, right? Let's just go at him with everything you've got. He can handle it. He can handle it. And if you'll go after God with all your heart, he'll, he'll, he will reveal things to you and show you things. I know you, all got, you guys all want that, right? Well, let's pray.